The Gospel lesson in John is beautifully written with all of the drama of losing and finding, of seeking and discovering, and of grief longing for hope. As the followers of Christ have a new encounter with Christ, the living word, and have an opportunity to know him in a new way. Mary Magdalene in the Gospel of John is like the women in all the other Gospels. In all of these stories, the women make their way to the tomb before dawn. And Mary, in the pre-dawn light, determines that the tomb is empty, runs to report to Peter and John. Those two rush to the empty tomb, and Mary must have followed them back. Because when we come to our passage, there she is, back at the tomb, weeping. And upon further investigation, she finds two angels just sitting in the tomb. They ask her a question. Woman, why are you weeping? They speak to her, and she gives the only response that she can, the only one that informs her reality. Her words are a variation of what she said to the disciples. Earlier in the chapter, she says to the disciples, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. To the angel's question, she says, they have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid. They ask a question, she answers, and the next thing that happens is that she is asked by this man, woman, why are you weeping? And she says, sir, if you've carried him away, digame, digame donde lo ha puesto para que yo vaya a buscarlo. So if we follow Mary's words, and observe her language as it struggles to catch up with reality. We see that her assessment of the situation is attempting to make meaning. They took the Lord. They took my Lord to finally just tell me where he is. I'll take care of this. Her words make their own journey as she makes her way in the darkness. It's Easter but it's still too dark to see. She's too grief-stricken to comprehend. As she comes out of a trauma that is so fresh, her senses are dulled. The trauma of the crucifixion means that I may not ask why there are two men sitting in the tomb, or I may not recognize them as angels. But she keeps going moving from this passive language of what they have done to this more engaged language of I will find him myself until the man in the garden calls her by name and she turns and perhaps sees him for the very first time. Jesus is there. So often we stumble in the darkness seeking God, but unsure of where the Lord will be found. The good news of our gospel lesson is that Jesus finds us even as we struggle to comprehend. 
I want to share a story with you that happened to us many years ago that I've shared before. Um, back in January of 2003, we were returning late on the Sunday night from, a tra from travel. And I heard a knock on the door, and it was quite early. But in the back of my checklist mind, I knew that Rich Jones was coming to get my husband to go swimming. And so I ran downstairs thinking I was buying Kevin time to get ready, not realizing that it was only 3.30 in the morning. And it wasn't until I got to the door and discovered there a woman dressed in a suit with a large cross that I knew something was wrong. Because there in January, she was on my front porch without a coat, but a suit and a large cross, asking for her brother, Goza. I politely informed her as I tried to get myself together that her brother was not there, and she insisted that he was, and that God told her to come. Now I knew I was out of my depth. And so I went upstairs and got my husband, and he told me to call the police. He went downstairs and began talking to this woman who insisted her brother was there, and that God told her to come. And she kept banging on the door, which awakened my seven-year-old child. And I tried to explain to her what was going on. And she asked me three times, how do you know God didn't send her? And I explained to her that sometimes our minds get sick, just like our bodies, and we think things are happening that aren't happening. And this, you know, dad can explain this to you because he does this all the time. <laughs> she was unimpressed with my answer. So after she asked the second time, I resorted to scripture, because this I kind of know. And I said to her, well, when Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Lord told him to go see Ananias. And the Lord told Ananias that Saul was coming. And the Lord didn't tell me that anyone was coming to our house at 3 o'clock in the morning. She stopped questioning, but she wasn't satisfied. Eventually, the police had to come and forcibly remove her. Then, about an hour later, her car alarm went off when they attempted to remove the car which she had parked in her backyard. It was a bad night. <laughs> the next day, sitting in my office at around 11 o'clock, I got a phone call from my husband who said, come home. The son and brother of the woman who had been collected off of our porch were standing there with my husband. They had been dealing with a member of their family who had mental illness. They were unwilling to go through the proper channels because they didn't know how to navigate. As they were driving home earlier that evening, she saw Christmas lights in our yard and said that's where her brother was. And even though they tried to keep her there, she slipped away and made her way to our front porch at somewhere between 3.30 and 4 in the morning. Somehow she made her way to the front steps of an African-American psychiatrist who could help the family navigate the mental health system, which makes me wonder, how do I know the Lord didn't send her? We struggle in the darkness, trying to find the Lord. And for some of us, even though it is Easter, we feel that we are in those pre-dawn moments. Some of us are grieving something lost. What is it that you have lost? 
And what is it that caused you to forget about Jesus? Keep searching and keep asking. Because the good news of the scripture today is that Jesus will call you by name. And Jesus will find you.